0: Chapter 1, verse
1: 14 and 15. Book of James, chapter 1, verse 14. Let's start with verse 12, actually. Let's start with verse 12. It says there, Blessed is the man that endured temptation... For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust had conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, bring it forth, death. The battle to overcome sin in our life. Sometimes, as Christians, even though we believe and we have the trust in Jesus Christ, this cycle of sin is permanent in, in people's life. And... There are steps that come that lead to, to, to it. First, we have the desire that is there. Where anger, malice, greed, lust, whatever it is, sprung up. It sprung up. That fleshly nature, that old man want to take control again want to come and pokes his head. Then the deceit, when we give into the lie that these are good or okay. Then the decision, when one makes the choice to sin. The detriment of this, of this cycle, is that sin will mature as a habit, even though it is harmful. I live in this cycle of sin, confession, sin, confession, repent, sin. And it becomes a cycle, a cycle, a cycle, a cycle. And sin, when it's conceived, the Bible says... They bring it forth, when it's finished, it will bring forth death. It is um, sometimes in one's life as a believer, this battle can be so real that it actually neutralizes us in our service or worship, in our worship to our Lord the inability to be able to grow and move forward. But let me tell you, our God is so good that he has made provision for his children, for all of us, that we are his children, but still battle with flesh. He has made provision for us to overcome this cycle, to be victorious of this cycle. To be able to move forward and truly have victory, and be able to be used by Him, it cannot be done, however, in our own strength. That's why, you know, men have have come up with different programs or systems that perhaps are good intention to help people a good intention to be able to relieve the pressure, but it still does not deal with the root problem. Because the root problem is always spiritual, and the root solution is always one, Jesus Christ. Um, the gentleman that you, you, that was talking to, to me there, and we're going to hear a little bit more from, from him. His name is Rich Fitzgerald. He's a friend of mine for the last eight years, I believe. He has been with me in many mission trips in Panama and, and Peru and Costa Rica and so on. He's based out of North, North Carolina, and he was the, um, one of the director and programs of Raleigh Rescue Mission um, there in Raleigh, North Carolina for 30 years. And their mission was gospel-based. And the reason they did that is because they wanted to be free to give out the gospel. So for that reason, they didn't take any government funding. And in fact, Rick and I, I believe it was six years ago, he was, he was with me in Panama when I walked for the first time into the property in our headquarters down there. He was with me down there when we walked into that place for the very first time. We were on a mission. He was with me on a mission trip to, um, together. Um, he was with us at Mosaic in the month of, of January and we'll be back for vacation Bible school to do some workshops with the family, talking about these issues of sin in the family and how to overcome it in Jesus Christ. But I wanted to pick his brain a little bit because of the experience that he had talking to those that have been, that have felt, that have been out and with no hope because of their sinful situation and how through Christ they were able to overcome Here's some more of our conversation. So as a Christian, um, this cycle of sin that sometimes we find ourselves in, is a result of what then? I mean, I love Jesus. You know, I, I, I go to church. I read my Bible. I try to do good. But as I find myself in that cycle of sin, what is happening in my head or in my heart that made mm-hmm. me, you know, kind of like um, not able to control it or to be able to um, to fight it?
0: Well, that sin principle that even though Jesus came and he died in our place and rose from the dead and and he comes in and his spirit unites with our spirit and we become children of God, that there's a true conversion there that happens and it changes our heart. Um, It's beyond just professing Jesus. It's, it's possessing Jesus. Not only do I have him, he has me. And, but there's still that, that sin nature. There's still that because of the fall with Adam and Eve and when, when When Satan came to Eve and he beguiled her, he, he deceived her and he began to to he knew what her strengths were. He looked at, you know, she would see things in detail, she would see the beauty and things, she would see the appetite, her appetites, her desires, and and everything good about her, all of her strengths. Satan twisted, and played on those strengths. And that's what he does to us. And he, and he, he tempts us in those areas. And then because of, of that rebellion, when she, and, and he, he tempted her with things that, and offering her things that she already had. And he twisted God's word and said that God's a liar. God's word is not true and that, that you need something else, and God really doesn't love you. He's withholding something from you, and, and you need power that you can have if you listen to what I'm saying. And when he beguiled her, when she then partook of the fruit, when she disobeyed, that she actually raised her will up above the will of God in disobedience and rebellion. And at that point, God had said, if you... Disobey me. If you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and, and evil, you will die. And he, no, but let and me God ask you this. Rick, hold on.
1: Hold on. Let me ask you this before you continue. Is my sin, my, the problem with sin, is always Satan's fault or it is my fault?
0: No, we're tempted when we, when we pursue our lust, and that's what Scripture says. Satan, the only for a believer, the only power that Satan has, and a person by the name of Ed Smith said this, but the only power that that he has is to rent space in our head, is the, through the lies that he tells us that we choose. Okay, to repeat believe. that. Repeat that. Repeat that. The okay. only
1: power that Satan have over a believer he- is.
0: Is to live in the lies that he plants in our heads. Now, the point I was making, which is very important, is is that Satan played on her strengths. He played on the possibility of her doubting God, and that. But see, until she then disobeyed, and then gave to Adam, and when he and where was he? See, right. he should have been protecting. Her. But see, he, he went along with it. And when they fell, the fall permeated every part. And so then choices that we do make, then they're bent towards, we have that bent towards sin. And it is all encompass, encompassing. And sin is typically, right? Sin is a prevent, it was really, if you really think about it, it's the perversion of some of the most important it's the perversion of of something very spiritual, our, our very our very spirituality. It's connected that it's how connected. we the, the natural expression of our spirituality. That that often it's a perversion of our deepest needs um, mm. for love, and so then sin. Then we start looking for love, and we look in the wrong places, and we look for other we look for love and acceptance from other than than God first. And so then it's perverted. So when you look at sin is actually usually is 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 going to be a perversion of some of our very basic needs playing on not only our our weaknesses, but often our strengths. Oh, Ray, you're you're such a fine speaker. And you go, Oh, yeah, I'm a fine speaker. Oh, and and you know what, Ray? You're very humble, and you say I am humble, and then you become then you become proud of being humble. See, and it's a trap. It's a, trap. a trap.
1: And then it's- no. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Let, let me ask you this. Um, as a believer, we all battle different sins. In the life of a believer. Can you say um, what is the mechanism, the steps that one can take to confront that besetting sin that, you know, we all have to fight? It's different for everybody. So I'm guessing that, you know, the formula might be different for everybody or is the same? It's, it's
0: different. It may be different for everybody, but it's still it's it's you have to get to that level of honesty. And that's that's where that relation, that level of honesty. Where you actually then are honest about your sin and your failures and your shortcomings. But again, it goes back to the very first thing that I said, we're often comparing ourselves with others. As opposed to the standard of God through Jesus Christ that He's given to us, and when we do that, we tend to to exaggerate, or we tend to um, to play down. We plan. We tend to excuse ourselves, and well, that's just a little thing, or that's just well, everybody does that, and well, you ought to see what that person over there does. And so we begin to justify and rationalize instead of. Instead of the seriousness of sin, because that's why I started with the fact that if we get a glimpse of the holiness of God and what he did for us on the cross and raising from the dead and the grace that he gives and the graciousness and the awesome nature of our salvation, when we get a glimpse of that and the power, it changes our hearts and it breaks our heart when we do sin.
1: In Galatians chapter 5, if you would please. Could we go to the number 9 slide, please, Um, Steve? In Galatians chapter 5, we read the following. In verse 16, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. We read, this I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusted against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. The first resource that the Bible mentioned in our effort to overcome sin is the Holy Spirit of God. God has given us the Holy Spirit so we can be victorious in Christian living. God contrasts the deeds of the flesh with the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 6, if you will continue. You will see all that contrast. In that passage, we are called upon to walk in the Spirit. All believers possess the Holy Spirit but this passage tells us that we need to walk in it yield to its control this means choosing constantly to follow the Holy Spirit and and his prompting in our daily life and not to follow the flesh somebody says something to you that you don't like like someone did to me the other day the flesh tells you, tell, tell them off. The flesh tells you, let them know they're not supposed to mess with you. Show them who you are. But well, that's the flesh. Anybody been there? You're only smiling at me, but I can see you. we all been there. Where that, that heat that comes up. From the bottom. And you feel the temper. friend. you just want to. Uh, let them know. But the spirit said patience. Love. Kindness. And we have to make that decision. Who we are going to walk with. Or who is going to take the control. Just think about Peter. Not being filled with the Holy Spirit. The night before Jesus was crucified. When they asked him about Jesus, what Peter did, he denied him. Not once, not twice, but three times. And not just saying, I don't know him. I mean, he went back to that filthy fisherman mouth he had and cursed up the person that he didn't know Jesus. What a contrast with the Peter filled with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Where he stood up in front of thousands of people. And preach about that resurrected Savior that now He had no qualms to identify and to say, I know Him, I walk with Him, and you crucify Him. Over 3,000 3, people got saved and got converted that day. It's a contrast. We walk in the Spirit as we try not to quench the Spirit in our life. Seek instead to be filled with the Spirit and give the Spirit our control. Colossians chapter 3, if you would please. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. It says this. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and a spiritual song. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. To be filled of the Holy Spirit is to be filled of the word of God. Didn't hear amen, but that's okay. Still true. Some people equate. To be filled of the Holy Spirit is by how much you can jump or run down the aisle. That is not being filled of the Holy Spirit. That just means you have a lot of adrenaline that you have to let go. Being filled of the Holy Spirit is all filled, we are, of the Word of God and how much control the Word of God have over me. How do I know the Word of God has control over me? The more I obey it and follow it. It just don't happen. I need to obey. The second um, resource that God gives us to overcome sin in our life is the word of God. The Bible. God says that he has given us his word to equip us for every good work. Every good work. Second Timothy 3.16. It teaches how one that believe and reveals to us every rampart that we are. But I want us to read Hebrews chapter four, if you would please. You might know this verse already. Hebrews chapter four, verse twelve. Um, here it is. The word of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is living and powerful and is able to penetrate to our hearts to root out And overcome the deepest sins of the heart and attitude. You know, um, you've been to the doctor, I guess, right? Most of us have been to the doctor. Um, I don't really enjoy going to the doctor. My wife sent me to the doctor. And you know what? I don't know about you men. But I believe at home, women have almost all power. We sit there, and I bet it happened to you. You sit there, and your wife say here, and put something into your mouth. And what do you do? Uh, you swallow, you eat. That's it. You don't question. She put it there, you eat it. You try to do the same with her. <laughs> Not going to happen. You try to say here. She's like, "What is that? Where you get it from? Did you wash your hands?" I'm not hungry. <laughs> when you go to the doctor, the doctor check you out, run some tests, give a diagnosis, a diagnosis, or tell you what you have. <laughs> And then give you a prescription. Again, a prescription that only he and the pharmacist know what is there. Because nobody can read doctor's notes. But you trust him. And you go to the pharmacies. And you say, here. They look at it and they say, come back in an hour. And they say, here. Drink that. Every two, every six hours. Twice a day. Whatever it is. Or four times a day. And you go home. And you do it because they promise that if you do that, you're gonna get well. And we do it. No question asked. We ought to go to the will of to the word of God with that type of faith and obedience, you know. We got to go to the word of God and find the prescription for our issues. Stop bouncing around here and there. The word of God has the answer over every single issue of human condition. It's there. It penetrates. It gets to the root. We could find it. If we obey it, we overcome. The Bible is a resource that we often treat lightly. We give token service to it By carrying to our Bibles to church or reading our daily devotion or a chapter a day, but we fail to memorize or meditate or apply to our daily life, to confess our sins that that is revealed, or praise God of the gift that He gives us through it. When it comes to the Bible, we often either anorexics or bulimics. We are just taking just enough to keep us alive spiritually. But never ingesting enough to be healthy or striving Christian. Or we come to feed often or we never meditate on it long enough to get the spiritual nutrition from it. I remember when I was in seminary, one of my professors used to tell us that when you go to the Bible, you got to be like a cow. I would say, that big? Say, so, no, like a cow, you, as you wash cow, you like, they're always chewing gum. Always like this. Always like this, all day long. Because you see, the cow chew on that grass, and then he swallow it, and then later, what does he do? Bring it back up and keep chewing. He's getting as much as he can all day long from that grass. That is the way we're going to treat the word of God. Come to it, not like we're reading the daily news or the observer, but come to it with that desire and that anger to, to, to show on it and meditate on it and rehearse it over and over and over until we get out of it as much as we can. Especially when dealing with the issues that touch on my situation. The third crucial resource in our battle against sin is prayer. Again, It is a resource that Christians often give lip service or make poor use of it. In the early church, in the early church, prayer was essential. Essential for everything in the church. Jesus himself, go to Matthew chapter 26. Is the word, please. Matthew chapter 26. Verse 41. What was the the advice that Jesus told his disciples? The night that he asked them to follow him and pray, and they fell asleep, Matthew chapter... 46 Let's read from verse 40. Matthew 26, sorry. Verse 40. And he cometh unto the disciples. And find them asleep. And said unto Peter. What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray. That you enter not. Into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but what? The flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. Prayer. We need prayer. To take prayer, it's not a magic formula. But prayer is simply acknowledging our own limitation in God's inexhaustible power and turning to him for that strength to do what he wants us to do. Not what I want to do, but what he wants to do. I come to prayer and say, God, I acknowledge that I am nobody, I am weak, and I need you. I need you. The fourth resource in our war to conquer sin is the church, the fellowship of other believers. Folks, I need you, and you need me. We need one another. We need one another. This is not just a social club. This is not just a place that we come and, and, you know, and just spend time and hit the, hit, hit, hit the clock or check the box and say, okay, I made it. I fulfilled my Christian duty. No. We're here because church is a place where we can encourage and sharpen each other. Even Jesus, when he sent out missionaries, he sent them out two by two. The Bible commands us not to forsake, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together, but to use that time to encourage one another to love and to encourage each other for good works. Hebrews 10, 24 says that. In fact, in James, chapter 5, verse 16, he also tells us that we ought to confess our faults one to another. In Proverbs, chapter 27, verse 17, in the wisdom of God, he says that iron sharpening iron. Many Christians find that having accountability with another Help with the, help with overcoming sin. When you have someone who pray with you, who encourage you, who ask you the tough questions, who walks with you. That's why we need one, one another. This, this idea that I can stay home and still be a good Christian and grow in the Lord is not right. If you read the first of Corinthians, he said, over and over, do it for the the, the edifying of the church. I need you. We need one another to sharpen each other to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. The Holy Spirit, the Word of God, Prayer and the church. There is more, but it will be for another time. I want to play, however, a song that encouraged me out oh, of Philippians one six. You know Philippians one six. Anybody know Philippians one six? Let me read it. Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, our sanctification is as much the work of God as our justification. Without him, we can't do it.